Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Today it's day 32, our final preseason preview episode, the number one ranked Green Bay Packers. Akiva, how are you this morning? I mean, it's super exciting to finally be finished. You know, we started this on a hot July something. Was this actually 32 days exactly? I'm not even sure. Exactly 32 days. It was August 11 to September 11. Oh, look at us. Unbelievable. You know, we started this with the Jaguars and the Titans and the Buccaneers. And, you know, I see some of the guest names or something like, oh, I don't remember that person existed. I don't know if we should rank all 32 podcasts at some point, but well, some of the guests tweet at me a lot. Really? Yeah, and, and then I have, and then I, so I try and remember, like, yeah, there's a couple episodes that I barely remember recording. Let me ask you a question, Akiva. Last night, that Patriots Steelers fan, can you believe what happened in the fourth quarter? Oh, don't do that, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't watching because I hate both teams. Yeah, well, I hate both teams also, but I also hate team that tonight's guest is going to be speaking about. Let's bring him on. We have Stephen Sherman to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. So I'll tell you, I, I ranked the Packers number one. And Akiva actually ranked them third, but uh, which is an average of two, of course. And Seattle was also two. Tie goes to the Packers for some reason. So we have the Packers number one, although, again, technically they're, they're tied with Seattle. And I'll tell you why I have the Packers number one. That NFC Championship game that they somehow found a way to lose, I, I would say almost in a Vikings-esque fashion, <laughs> was the way that you lost that game. And I would also say that it's shocking to me that Mike McCarthy's been your coach. This is going to be his 10th season now. Because I thought that was gross coaching malpractice of a level I've never seen before, the NFC Championship game. You know, each of those fourth and inches with the best offense in football in the in the first in the first quarter that they settle for a field goal. I, I mean, and that doesn't even begin to describe, you know, just the comical series of errors that Mike McCarthy's made. And frankly, that Mike McCarthy has made on the field, I think, a lot over the last ten years. So I just want to ask you, before we get into anything else, as a Packers fan, how do you feel about Mike McCarthy? I always find that the thing with Mike McCarthy is that Monday through Saturday, I think he's the best coach in the league. I think you saw that in the first 50-plus minutes of the NFC Championship game. You see it with how he develops players and the whole draft and develop system that goes on in Green Bay. That doesn't happen without a really strong head coach. As far as what goes on on game day, I think it's I think it's a symptom that 10 years ago, the game wasn't this complex. You could have someone be a play caller and a head coach. I think, yeah, 
a lot of people in Packer Nation have been really hoping for him to give up play calling duties so he could focus more on the game as a whole. And a lot of us have been cheering for that for a couple years. And now it's finally happened and we'll see how this adjusts. We'll see how Tom Clements does play calling. Obviously with a quarterback as strong as Aaron Rodgers, you can make that transition without losing too much, hopefully. And hope, you know, the real hope with Mike McCarthy is that when you take him away from being that offensive play caller, he'll be able to have a more holistic view of the game as it rolls out and be able to understand situations a little better. Yeah, and you referenced, you know, you referenced the fact that he's fired himself as play caller, but you also talked about the fact that there's a difference between, you know, the, the coach's duties Monday through Saturday and during the game. And I think that's important to point out because we really don't know what goes on Monday through Saturday. And I didn't mean to denigrate that portion of his job. He might be great at that. It, what we see as fans, what's easiest to pick apart, is the decisions like challenging a play or going for it on fourth down or things like that, which, you know, those are much easier, I think, to decide from our couch. And, and frankly, I think it's the same in all the sports. Like in baseball, for example, it's very easy to see the managers who make bad decisions like punting too much and things like that. But we really have no idea you know the value that a guy has in baseball. It's mostly how he how he is in the you know in the clubhouse managing twenty five egos. But in football, obviously, it's it's that's part of it. But there you know, and motivating players is part of it. But of course, yeah, there's there's improving guys. And and Akiva has that fantastic stat about the Packers. Akiva, do you want to drop that stat on us? Every team in the league. This was when the rosters were a little bigger, so it may not you know be completely accurate now. But every team in the league has at least sixteen players who played for a different team at some point. Except for Green Bay, who has three players who have ever been on another team. That's unbelievable. Might be four now with James Jones back on the team. Ah, oh, that's, that's right. true. Good point. But, that's just uh, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's like, pretty <laughs> remarkable when they sign a free agent. It's a homegrown talent like James Jones, as opposed to someone that's never been on the team. Right, Peppers yeah, is really yeah. the only guy in the last you know bunch of years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ryan Pickett had a bit of a career before the Green Bay, I think. John Kuhn was on the Steelers practice squad, but aside from even, that. And even like a backup quarterback, for example, is a position that guys sort of cycle around the league and, and they show up on eight or ten different teams. But yeah, the Packers, you know, I was looking at my at my season preview and, you know, at the top of the page, it's veteran additions, semicolon, early draft picks, semicolon, offseason losses, semicolon. For veteran additions, it's none. And now, of course, again, we add James Jones, but he's a former Packer coming back home and he's only there anyways because of the Jordy Nelson injury. But it really does speak to how fantastic of a job that front office has done for, you know, it's easy when for two decades plus you have Brett Favre, one of the top five quarterbacks of all time, playing every single game, you know, for 15 seasons in a row. And then you have another, you know, destined, it looks like right now to be a top 10 all-time quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, to step in. And, and we discussed on the Colts podcast how they've also benefited from the same thing. And, and fans of other teams are so overcome with jealousy. When you have that, that's a, that's a great base to start with. But the fact that this team just doesn't bring in free agents and, you know, you mentioned Julius Peppers. It was so rare that they did. And it's funny, actually, because Reggie White was the first famous free agent in the NFL. And, you know, free agency came into the league, I think, in 92. And the Packers immediately added Reggie White uh, from the Eagles. And that worked out tremendously. And, of course, they won a Super Bowl. And, and you know, he was, a, he was a legend in Green Bay. But this is a team that really has just had a fantastic front office for years and years. And as a Vikings fan, it's really frustrating. <laughs> uh, well, you know... Ten years after the prime of their career, they become Minnesota Vikings. It's the cycle. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. We got your kicker. We got Favre, obviously, after a little gap. We got a Greg Jennings, who was had nothing left in the tank by the time he showed up. You know, that Favre year was actually great because in 2009, we beat you both games. And then, of course, in 2010, it didn't work out that way. But let's well, start at the quarterback. was a good season. If yeah. I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah, let's start at the quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is Akiva and I both think he's the best quarterback in the world, and but he doesn't really have sort of or he hasn't had the same health as you know some of those other quarterbacks at the very top. You talk about Manning and, and, and Brady and Breeze. Two years ago, he missed a chunk of the season, and the Packers struggled. They had just eight wins last year. He stayed healthy for most of the year. I think he got hurt in Week 17 against the Lions. Is that correct? He really went down in Week 17. It happened. I think week 14 or week fifth, week 14 against the Bucks, and then week 15 was against the Bills. He really didn't look like himself. I was actually at that game and might have been the worst game he's played in three or four years. And in the Lions game, he went down. And then, of course, he had that famous second half comeback and led the team to victory, including a goal line push reminiscent of Bart Starr. And so how injured was he in the playoffs, do you think? I don't know. I think he was limping. I don't think he was nearly as mobile. They shifted to a pistol formation for a reason and tried to limit his movement. But ultimately, I think the fact that he is Aaron Rodgers and the best in the game means that even without his legs as much, he's still got one of the best arms in the game. He's still one of the most amazing passers. He still sees the game as well as any other quarterback. So it really speaks to him as an athlete that, yeah, you take away one of his weapons, he's still debatably the best in the game. And let's talk about the other big piece of news that happened to the Packers in training camp, which of course was the Jordy Nelson injury. Look, I'm not saying that Jordy Nelson is not a good football player because obviously he is, but I think, and I think frankly, it was the same way with Favre both in Green Bay and also even, you know, that one year in Minnesota. I think a great quarterback can really sort of create receivers. James Jones or Greg Jennings are examples of guys who were good in Green Bay, and then they left and they didn't do anything. And now Jones is back. Um, and now, of course, you have Randall Cobb, who actually looked like in the offseason, like he might leave, but he came back. Devontae Adams is now stepping in. So talk to us a little bit. how, how you, you have, And then there's a bunch of other young guys. You know, you have Jeff Janis, guys like that. So tell us a little bit about, other than Cobb, what you expect from the receivers this season. Well, I think the fact that Jones is back really limits the impact of Nelson's injury. Obviously, you don't replace Jordy Nelson. He's one of the top 10 receivers in the game, no matter who's throwing to him. But with Aaron Rodgers, James Jones is another familiar receiver. And for top quarterbacks, it really takes a lot of time to build trust and that's what all the receivers talk about is you build trust with Aaron Rodgers and then he'll throw you the ball. Aside from Randall Cobb and Andrew Corliss, there isn't a single wide receiver tight end who has played more than a season for the Packers. So bringing back that familiar receiver is such a great thing for early in the season and for the receiving room. As far as the rest go, uh, Devontae Adams showed a lot towards the end of last season and you know, Randall Cobb didn't really break out until his second season. We're hoping the same thing happens to Adams. On tight end, Richard Rodgers, similar to Devontae Adams, showed a bunch towards the end of the season. He had one of the great catches in the Dallas game, and there was a great radio call behind that, but I'm not going to 
re-say it word for word, so we'll skip that. But, you know, it's how those guys really develop. As much as we're expecting guys like Ty Montgomery or Jeff Janis, who redshirted last season, to step up, it's not something we can really hope for. I think you're going to see Randall Cobb and James Jones be major parts of this offense early on. Uh, Andrew Corliss is going to be there. And we're going to expect Devontae Adams and Richard Rodgers to step up, and it's going to be important that they do. Uh, sorry, I, ju- I just want to come back to we, – we already spoke about your coach a little bit, McCarthy, and we talked about how he's given up the play calling. But that doesn't mean that he also is giving up you know, like decisions like on fourth and one, whether to go for it or kick a field goal. So we didn't really address this, but tell me, I mean, do, do you sort of do you suffer from a lack of confidence in, in him making the right decisions with the game on the line in situations like that? Now, look, he's already won a Super Bowl, but but maybe he's cost you more than that. Who knows? I think he does a lot of self scout. I think part of giving up play calling duties is doing more situational awareness. I know they've brought in analytics people this year. Ultimately. I can't say without seeing how they do it this year. I hope, I really do hope that uh, he makes those play calls better. I think there was a lot of frustration and situational things last year, and it didn't work out at the same time. You know, if they don't have those breakdown five minutes, kicking those field goals seems like a wonderful thing to get points on the board and make it a two-score game going late. It's it's all about success. And I, as much as people like to vilify McCarthy, I'm really not one of those. I think he's a very bold uh, play caller. And while he's giving that up, he's going to make sure that that goes on. I'm hoping that the right amount of self-scout and the right amount of time focused on game flow lets him make these better overall decisions. But that's a big thing we're looking for this year. And I don't – one of the big things is Mike McCarthy is not in any threat of his job going away. And I think that will be true for years to come. Really? If they have another year – where the Packers, you know, somehow go nine and seven or ten and six, but they, you know, lose in the second round of the playoffs, or they don't win a playoff game at all. You think and, McCarthy's and, safe? No, and I, I know the argument. And if this was a major city, and if this was Jerry Jones, major owner, and the media were on them, that'd be something else. Yeah, I do think you know we're both the, from New York. I I do think uh, in New York, McCarthy may have been run into town after last season. This is Mark Murphy, who is a very soft-spoken guy, Ted Thompson, and Mike McCarthy. They've built a system together. They all have their bounds. The risk you take getting rid of Mike McCarthy and bringing in someone else is too much. You have to risk that they're going to get along with the system with Ted Thompson or whoever comes in to fill in for Ted Thompson if he wants to leave in the next few years. And that might be Elliot Wolf or one of the other major players in that front office. On top of that, you need to make sure they get along with Aaron Rodgers, which that's not a easy thing. You have Mike McCarthy, who's built Rodgers' career. Is Rodgers so, hard to get along with, or you just mean it's just key to get along with him? I think it's I, – I just mean it's key to get along with him. Mm-hmm. 
And Akiva, I don't agree with you. In New York, he would have been run out of town. I mean, Coughlin has done much worse for the Giants than McCarthy the last uh, few years. I don't know Once if there was a... one game where he really had, you know, McCarthy, you know, you could really make like a whole documentary about that last game last year from McCarthy. No, yeah, Mara, I, I, Mara, but Murray and Tish are very steady in how they run run it. It's Woody Johnson that's a little uh, flippant. Uh, he's got Woody's got to get yeah. to those games to you know for anyone to care. Exactly. Yeah, I just I just think look a principle of of sober analysis is that you look at the process, not the results. And the process is when it's fourth and inches in the first quarter, you go for it on the goal line. You go for it every single time, and that's before you even bring in the variables that you have Aaron Rodgers and Eddie Lacy and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. I mean, you know, before you even discuss how great of an offense you have, and so that's why it was just you know a disastrous decision. I think it, um, it was and, also I think. They had so many plays in a row from the goal line that they couldn't get it through. And yeah, after again, an initial drive on, where they threw an end zone interception, you yeah. can always point to single plays is my point. And yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying we'll see it get better, but that's no reason to fire him. You can't just – Go find. Yeah. You know what? We saw a lot coaches. of great coaches make a lot of bad decisions. You know, we, we just, you know, yesterday we had our Seahawks podcast. And uh, the day before that, we had our Patriots podcast. And both of those coaches made a disastrous decision in the final minute of their games. Obviously, you know, in Seattle, the criticism was not just for this decision that they decided to pass instead of run, but the, the, the type of p- uh, play call that they called. And in the previous 30 seconds to that, it was Bill Belichick failing to call a timeout and, and costing himself 30 seconds to possibly drive down the field and get a field goal to get back in that game. Uh, of course, you know, in hindsight, he didn't need that. But again, it's about process, not results. Let's jump now to the roster game. Let's go with 53. Okay. And again, these are not jersey numbers. These are just uh, randomly assigned numbers. He, he randomly assigns numbers the same way I think the Packers do when they hand out those bikes to those guys who uh, <laughs> ride back and forth the training It's always camp. the cutest kids. <laughs> Um, okay, who is Jake Ryan? Jake Ryan is our number three ILB. He made the team, what, two or three years ago as a draft pick, and I think he had a year or two on the practice squad. He's been he's played a couple snaps, but has really been a background player, and we're hope we need real some in, inside linebackers to step up. Right now, it's just uh well, Clay Matthews is officially listed as an OLB, uh, but Sam Barrington and Blanky. Well, Matthews kind of plays inside. It's a little bit unusual, no? Yeah, but when Matthews comes inside, he can't rush the quarterback. I think I think their defense is best if he's on he the had, outside. He had a lot of sacks once he moved inside. The problem with Green Bay is that if you look at their defense, they kept nine linebackers on the roster, and six of them are outside linebackers. So, and Clay is officially an outside linebacker. But Sam Barrington and Nate Palmer, who are the official starting inside linebackers, aren't that great. Jake's the backup behind them. So he's going to have a lot of opportunity to step up this year. And if he doesn't, Ted Thompson does a wonderful job draft, uh, picking up undrafted linebackers. And I'm sure he'll find ones to replace Jake Ryan. Pick another number. Yeah, yes, please. Yep, go ahead. 17. Who is Jeff Janis? <laughs> Jeff Janis. He is a fun guy. We picked him up. He played on a uh, D2 college, uh, finished up. We picked him up undra- or in the seventh round, I think, of last year or undrafted. 
and he blew away the team with his speed and forced them to keep him on the roster. Uh, he more or less redshirted, played a couple. I don't know that he even played any games. Uh, yeah, he got. I think he was in three games, but otherwise was uh, not even suited up. And we're hoping to see a lot out of him. He needed a redshirt year coming out of a D2 system to really learn how to play the NFL game. Uh, he's got wicked speed. He's might be, you know, another white chocolate like uh, they say about Jordy Nelson. So we'll see. He's another guy that uh, the success of this team might depend on how he evolves and how much he shows up this year. And yeah, that's I think. All, and that's also, I would say what uh, his roster spot next year depends on. This team likes to spend a year on young guys, but if you don't show up year two, your uh, your tenure with Green Bay is limited. You know, the thing that as, as a uh, fantasy owner of Devonta Adams in a few different leagues, the thing that scares me is they drafted Ty Montgomery early, right in the third round, I think, not knowing that Nelson wouldn't be there. So, you know, and, and Nelson and Cobb were kind of locked in. Uh, and then having Adams there, it makes me fear that they didn't think Adams would be great. And that's they why they picked time on Cobb in 2011. He didn't have a breakout year until his sophomore year. Devonte Adams, same thing. Second round draft pick didn't have a huge breakout year last year, but showed promise. He might have a breakout year this year. Like I said about Aaron Rodgers, it takes time to build trust with him. If Ty Montgomery is going to show up this year, he's going to show up in the return game and he's going to show up maybe late in the season, hopefully. I wouldn't want to play him on my fantasy team for the first, say, eight weeks of the season. Mm. All right, one more number. 91. Okay, uh, tell me about Brett Hundley. Ooh, we like Brett Hundley. He is, yeah, Brett Hundley is uh, the quarterback that we drafted in the fifth round out of UCLA. He had the highest quarterback rating of all quarterbacks this year, I think, that qualified with 30 pass attempts or some qualifying statistic. He looks great against, I mean, third string and undrafted players, but a lot of people said he was the steal of the draft when he came out. He's obviously going to have a lot of time to develop. He's not even expected to be the backup day-to-day. He's going to get a full year under Mike McCarthy, who is a proven quarterback developer. Hopefully, he'll either make really good trade bait at the end of this year or next year, or he'll be a good backup. And the other great thing about draft and develop is when another team signs your players to big contracts, like with Greg Jennings, like with Matt Flynn, you get a third-round draft pick out of it a lot of the time. And that's another great thing about letting players go and not signing other draft picks it ge- and not signing other teams' free agents. It gives you more picks to choose from. You have more misses you're allowed because you have more opportunities to hit. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we'll get a chance at the, at the end of this podcast for you to predict the Packers' schedule this year. But the way I predicted it was that they will have clinched the one seed in the NFC uh, before Week 17, which means that Rodgers will rest in Week 17. And, and who knows? You know, that's been a, a key spot for a backup quarterback in Green Bay to play well and get himself a nice contract in the offseason and, you know, never do anything with it, but, you know, make himself, you know, $20 million. So let's turn to the defense now. We, we, we talked about a couple of guys on the defense already during the roster game. Um, you know, we also talked about Julius Peppers at the top. 
that um you know a sort of a, the rare free agent that the that the Packers brought in from the Bears. I think one thing when you look at this Packers team in 2013, the year that Rodgers missed a few games and they struggled and only won eight games, it was really the defense that that was significantly worse that season than they were you know the previous year or last year. The offense actually that year, even with Rodgers' absence, you know on the season they still had very good numbers overall. Um, so this defense has has been a little bit up and down the last couple of years. It wasn't, you know, when when they won the Super Bowl, I think they had one of the best defenses in the league. They certainly don't have that now. They, to be clear, they have enough of a defense to win a Super Bowl given the offense. But talk to us a little bit about the defense. Sort of, you know, any names that jump out to you as a guy who you think is going to either take a step up this year or who needs to take a step up this year in order for the team to, uh, you know, really compete. When I look at the roster, the name that really stands out to me is Casey Hayward. Uh, he showed so much promise his first year. Uh, he spent a second year injured, and then last year he just didn't really step up. We let a lot of good corners go, and the first two draft picks were cornerbacks in Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, but we can't expect them to be NFL players day one. I'm not really worried about the uh, defensive line or our linebackers. There's a lot of really good talent there. It's the backfield and specifically the cornerbacks. I think it's safety, HaHa Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Micah Hyde. These are all good players. But at cornerback, you know, we have Sam Shields, who I think is a top twenty cornerback in the league. After that, we need either Casey Hayward to step up or. Some rookies got to really step up, and that's either going to be Randall or Rollins or one-two pick, or it's going to be someone like Ladarius Gunter, who is an undrafted guy and just stood out so much in the preseason. He forced his way onto a roster spot. To me, the one thing that you know facing the Packers doesn't really scare me is you know Raji really has never become some superstar player. I don't know who is going to be playing at left end. To me, you know, you have a three-four, but. But the the defensive line right now is not maybe you know I mean do you, you know do you consider Peppers more of a defensive end or a linebacker first of all he's playing more as a linebacker it's sort of like Kevin Green another guy who came to the Packers late in his career yeah yeah where's Kevin Green now you never see you know he used to be like you always see you see him on the sideline with Carolina I would I, I, I would bet coaching. he's hunting somewhere oh no he uh, he uh, retired from coaching or stepped away before last season spent more time with his family. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a shady story. Nobody ever wants yeah. to spend more time with their family. Some people will invent, um, yeah, some a, will invent a reason he, to have 32 podcasts in 32 days to avoid spending time. A lot, <laughs> lot of Packers fans were predicting him to be the heir of uh, defensive coordinator, but uh, nope. Speaking of Packers, uh, Mark Shamura liked to spend time with his family. Oh, wait, no, that was with his family. Oh, family stop, center. Uh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> too, so- too soon. Hey, I'm a, I'm uh, I'm a Vikings Brent fan. I got to find something about the Packers great. to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, so talk to me about the defensive line and what, and what you think uh, you know is going to happen this year on the team. I think BJ Raji, who missed last year due to an injury, he's got to prove himself year, and he's certainly capable. Guys like Mike Daniels are great. We... You know, early on, I think it doesn't look really that good because, you know, Mike Pennell is a starter, but that's only because Latroy Guyon is out for a couple weeks and Dayton Jones is going to miss the opener. Once those guys are back, there's a lot of talent up front. And look, this team, the D, the D line isn't meant to be making sacks like a lot of teams. That's 
they're meant to stuff the run and set up the linebackers to set make the play. And if they can do that, which I think they can, the defense is going to be solid if the quarterback situation works itself out. <laughs> all right, so now let's jump to the schedule. Uh, you know, we've already gone through all 31 of the other teams in the NFL this year. And so one thing I noticed, uh, you know, looking at the Packers schedule from the perspective of other teams is the fact that the Packers have a little bit of good luck this year. They get to face Seattle at home. They get to face the Cowboys at home, um, you know, which are probably their biggest uh, competition in the NFC for the one seed. And I said, again, as a Vikings fan, I'm sort of, you know, obviously I, I want the Packers to fail at every step, but but assuming they're not going to, I think almost they, they might have it wrapped up by week 17, which might allow the Vikings to have an easy week 17, since we know from, from past history that the Packers, you know, if they're locked into the one seed, they rest guys in that game. But uh, let's go through the schedule and, and see what you think as the Packers fan. Week one, you start on the road at Chicago. It's John Fox. He's got a brand new team, and Jay Cutler's the quarterback. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Uh, well, for who? For the Packers? Dep- Pack- depends if you're a Bears fan or not. <laughs> Smoking Jay I'll, Cutler is the I would, most appropriate I would sign for Jay Cutler in a second. Seen. Oh, come on. Sorry? I mean, you're a Jets fan. you say he's the one? You're a Jets fan, but still, come on. What? You, you'd I, rather have Geno Smith than Jay Cutler? No, but you're not winning a Super Bowl with either one of them. It doesn't matter. I want to. I want to really have the problem with Jay Cutler is he's he's good enough that he's going to be a top twenty quarterback, and you're probably not going to find someone better than him. You know, you're not going to be able to draft a guy or pick someone up in free agency, but it's not going to win you stuff. Yeah. So, well, is he is he going to win in week one against the Packers, or is he going to lose at home? I don't think so. And let me ask you a second. So you're you're from Toronto, right? So how did you become a Packers fan? I'm 28, which means I became a football fan right around the early days of Brett Favre. I suffered two losing seasons, and then he won a Super Bowl. Dan Mikowski, or is that made the Super Bowl the next year? And once that happened, I was pretty hooked. Do you remember the Magic Man or no? Dan Mikowski before your time? No, Magic Man Mikowski is uh, just before my time. I I did go to a. in 1991, when I was uh, eight, I went to a Jets-Packers game and uh, uh, saw the Magic Man there. And so why aren't you an Argonauts fan, though? You live in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Who said he's I, not? I didn't say I'm not. Yeah. You, you can be a fan of a CFL team and an NFL team. Yeah, what team. happens when they face you? Uh, you know, we had one other Canadian on the podcast as well who's a Cowboys fan, and I did absolve him. You know, I, I, when I, I lived in Toronto for a time, and I realized that the native Canadians who care seriously about the NFL, because they don't have a native team – and look, I guess in Toronto, the Bills were trying to claim that as part of their territory, but nobody wants to be a Bills fan, really, unless they have to. You know, you don't have a natural team, and so you sort of get to pick. And look, you obviously picked a good time because you 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 jumped right on board a 25-year run of elite quarterback play, which which no one else in the NFL has had, although the Colts you know, seem like they're on their way to something similar. It's been uh, fun. Yeah. Well, I hate people from Wisconsin, so I guess I don't really hate you. Um, you are a Packers fan, but... You mean you like people from Wisconsin? No, I hate people from Wisconsin. People from Wisconsin are fantastic. They're wonderfully nice. I people. mean, if you don't mind getting your hand covered in grease when you shake it, because they're so sweaty and fat and covered in I, is there a curse? Minnesota Wisconsin uh, rivalry I didn't know about, like that goes beyond football. Yeah, I made I made my comments during the Colts podcast. Do you not remember my comments about Packers fans? I blacked that out. Yeah, people from Wisconsin are are, are fat and stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't endorse this, Stephen. <laughs> He's not from Wisconsin. This what is does not he care. 
This is not the New Yorker speaking, by the way. This is the this is the obnoxious Minnesota. Yeah, that's speaking. the thing. Nobody in Minnesota would actually say that. No, but if you have somebody hey, from Minnesota hey. who now lives in New York, so they have the sentiment, and now they have the you know the ability to act on it and tell you how they really feel. Let, let the man in his hot dish vent. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So week two. Now you're back at home, and as I said, you know, big game Sunday night football against Seattle, a rematch of the NFC title game. I'm not convinced Seattle's going to be all that great this year. Oh, boy. And I think Cam Chancellor's got a lot to do with it. This team just doesn't feel steady enough to be successful for that long. And I'm, if something hits them the wrong way, I could see them going down real fast. They're starting the season against the Rams in St. Louis. That's a much better team than people typically give them credit for. Then they're coming to Green Bay. They could start 0-2, and that could lead to a decent slide. Well, uh, our Seahawks guest in yesterday's podcast, he actually predicted just that. Of course, he, he has yeah, them turning it around after that pretty easily. But um, so, well, you, so you, so, He's a Seahawks yeah. fan. You have to have some Okay, so you expect to win for the Packers in Week 2 as well? Uh, I think I would. All right, and now you have one of the you know relatively easier three-game stretches of your schedule. It starts at home against Kansas City on Monday Night Football. All the home games I'm just going to predict to win. This team <laughs> – Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that – you know, you look through the schedule. Seattle, that's a tough one at home. I think Kansas City is actually going to be tough. I think Minnesota – you know, with that Mike Zimmer defense is a real tough team, actually. I'm not so hot on Detroit or Chicago in the division. But if you look at all the home games, yeah, there's Dallas. But this team at home has done pretty remarkable things. I mean, Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown an interception in Lambeau since 2012, probably. Wow. Wait, are you, that's incredible. I, I actually think that's true. That's incredible. Um, all right. But by the way, this game, the fact that the Packers are hosting the Chiefs on Monday Night Football just shows you like how bad the Monday Night uh, Slate is this year because I'm sure John Skipper says to you know Roger Goodell and the schedule makers, like, all right, we need the Packers. We want to have a game in Lambeau. And they're like, fine, we got it. But it's going to be in September. It's not going to be a cold Lambeau. Oh, can you stop And you're going to be hosting the most boring team in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs. Akiva's got this whole conspiracy. Yeah. He, thinks, he thinks that they're trying to punish ESPN for Bill Simmons. And I, I think ESPN thinks that. Well, uh, but uh, but are you being, I thought you were talking cheek. Are you being serious? You, you really honestly think that? Oh, ESPN thinks that, that they that they got a bad schedule in part because they let Simmons and Olbermann like, trash No, but nobody really Did thinks that. Did they fire Simmons before the schedule came out? Well, the specific uh, this, yeah, that's a good point. I I think no, I think they did. I think it was after the schedule came out. Oh, so okay. you may you that, may have that, ripped off my point. theory, Stephen. But I I do think um I know that this that ESPN was very unhappy with the schedule. That I can confirm. By the way, I can also confirm that crazy stat. Well, it's to 2012 and two, last year he had 25 touchdowns and no picks at home, which is okay. <laughs> uh, serviceable. Yeah. We'll take the year it. before eight, eight and oh, uh, you know, not as impressive, but that O is still impressive. And then, yeah, you have to go back to 2012, seven, 17 and five, but still, yeah. So he hasn't thrown an interception at home in three years. So, so now you're, you're three and oh, now you go at San Francisco, Jim Thomasula and that mustache. There's a lot of power in that, but Mike McCarthy grew a beard. So I'm going to go with the Packers. Yeah. Some of these coaches and Brad Childress had this move as well. Like some of these NFL coaches really put on the pounds after they've been a coach for a few years. And look, I know it's a tough lifestyle. You're sleeping on the couch. You know, you're working 20 hours a day. You're probably eating a lot of junk food. But I don't know if he grew that beard to try and hide some of those chins. But he looks more and more like a like an average Wisconsinite. I'll say. I think his brother's death had something to do oh. with it. Oh, come on, his brother oh, died on. Uh, like a no. week. 
His brother oh, died for, a week. Thanks after for destroying Chet. Oh, yeah, no, like R.I.P. Tumzula's brother. Oh, leave that in. Yeah. Leave that in. Chet. No, McCarthy's no, brother. No, Mike McCarthy's no, brother. Not, oh, McCarthy's brother. Wait, you really sorry. want me to leave in the podcast? It sounds like I'm making fun of McCarthy for growing a beard to mourn his brother. You didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't say it to his face. You, yeah, no, you didn't know. You're allowed to make fun of it, Packers fans. Yeah, it's like um, Coach on the Dolphins, Tony Sperano. He oh, wore the yeah, sunglasses yeah. inside, and Greg Easterbrook was making fun of him. And then it turns out, yeah, he has some eye condition. That's why he's wearing sunglasses inside. Yeah, he's stoned all the yeah. time. Um, all right, okay, so 4-0, back at home, St. Louis, that's a win, right? 5-0? and They're, they're going to be good this year, but that's a win. San Diego's a win. 6-0. and They're coming back from the bye. I, look, if I'm going to predict a loss on this schedule at Denver on Sunday night, Peyton Manning, it's – it's tough to win there again. Look, nobody them. said you have to predict a loss. If you think they're going 16 and 0, I don't have us. to predict a loss, but I feel I should. And it, it's coming off the bye week is the only real reason I don't want to. But I, I think the the Broncos are coming off the bye week that same day. So now I'm going to give it to the Broncos. They're coming off the bye as well. They'll take care of business probably. So then the next week. You guys go to Carolina. They could be good this year, too. That could be a tough one. What the hell? Let's give it to Carolina, too. I don't see anything else the rest of the nah, I see one I might give up the rest That's of the way. That's a real we'll losing streak Carol- for the uh, pack. Yeah, they, they go on a two-game losing streak. It's just enough to smarten the team up in the middle of the season. Now, Stephen, uh, you said you're from Canada. Have you been to Lambeau Field? I have. I was there... Uh, at the opening game of the 2011 season after they won the Super Bowl. I was right in the end zone for that tot with no time left. The Saints had a snap from the one after a pass interference call on A.J. Hawk. Right in the end zone. It's it's a special place. I've been to a lot of stadiums. P- football fans need to make their way there. It's a, it's a different experience. All right. Chester, let's go this year. Which game? Which I- game are we going to? Fun story, I was there for a preseason game, sat at a bar, wound up talking uh, to this one guy who wound up being the dad of an undrafted kid who I knew was going to make the team. Uh, Spent an hour and a half talking to him just outside Lambeau before a preseason game. So that stuff happens there. Uh, Actually, wait, I have one like that. Hold on. In the 1991 World Series, I was at game one for the Twins against the Braves. And Greg Gagne hits a three-run homer, and everyone's going crazy, of course, as well they should. Uh, but the guy next to us was going extra crazy. And then the CBS or whoever it was, the cameraman, came up to talk to him for a second because it turned out that was Greg Gagne's dad. Great so, story. What we, come on. Oh, this sitting was, next uh, to the dad of a guy who hits a World Series home run? Yeah, in the World Series. I'll but, give it to you. That's cool. Don't, don't yeah, be no, sarcastic. No, that was, was a decent uh, story. Th- this was 2012. It was Desmond Moses' dad. He's now on the Chiefs, I think. Undrafted linebackers that uh, Ted Thompson found. All right, so six right, and two. Uh, hosting Detroit. You got you have uh the next four games are all divisional. So hosting Detroit. Uh Detroit stinks, Green Bay is gonna win. In so Minnesota. Go to Minnesota, and I respect Minnesota, but Minnesota's gonna lose. You respect Minnesota. Then uh then the uh Thanksgiving night game hosting the Bears. Nobody's watching the second. That's half also of this the game. Brett Favre Hall of Fame yeah. inauguration, his return to Lambeau. They're hoping Bart Starr is going to be recovered enough from his stroke to show up there. Did you read that article There's about no Bart Starr in ESPN magazine? That. It was yeah. really quite touching, I thought, actually, about his – Yeah, that was a good yeah. story. I didn't see it. Bart's not doing well. He just had a stroke. He's, he, had, he, had he had a lot of severe dementia, but he's you know really, really trying hard to uh, be physically up for it to uh, come back to that game because he really loves Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, apparently. So 
And we all want that one picture of Bart Starr and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Have they never been together? What about when the two guys were on? I guess why would they have been taking a picture of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, no, because Brett Favre was always being a dick uh, up until last year. And then last year. Even when Rodgers was the backup, I guess why would would Starr have taken a picture with the backup QB, I guess? Also, look, they were going to do it last year. I got to say, like, and and Brady did the same with Garoppolo this season. This idea that a starting quarterback should help a backup, help him steal the guy's job is complete insanity if if i have a job and i'm getting older and my company brings in somebody to replace yeah, but brady's me, gonna get a job it's just where the job is no no like, no no. but what i'm so saying brady is, has to go to the jets but no but, pe- but some people in green bay criticize far for not helping rogers replace him and then this season again Wait, did brady help garoppolo no, he did not? not and that's the thing and brady refused to help garoppolo you know in preseason when it looked really when it looked like garoppolo would be what a playing. jerk i didn't know about that about brady. no he's not a jerk why should he help a guy steal his job that's ridiculous Maybe he's worried he's going to steal Giselle. I don't know. That's like in the news. Is Garoppolo a good-looking guy? I mean, I don't know. No, Tom Brady. We'll never know. <laughs> well, we'll never know. I guess, yeah. I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, unless he, unless Brady gets hurt and he has one decent game and turns it into a contract. All right. Yeah, I agree. Nobody. This Chicago game is going to be thirty-three to thirty-eight to three at the half. Everyone's going to watch the Farf thing, then shut it off and go to you know. Yeah, it was their forty-two nothing induced. when Chicago came to Lambeau last year at the half. Yeah. So uh, there's going to be a turkey this one's going to be much. All right. So now you're nine and two. And another Thursday night game, you guys go to Detroit. I don't think Detroit's going to be really good this year. I think Megatron may have lost a step. I think the loss of Sue is a big thing. Did they lose Fairly as well? Yeah. 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 I mean, they replaced the loaded, you know, and you expect the team to be as good as they were. I don't think so. All right, 10 and 2. Matt Stafford's not that good. I agree. Now that I drafted him on like four different fantasy teams, I agree. Stafford's not. Oh, no, he'll put up yards, but that's because the team. He hasn't even been putting up touchdowns the last few years, to be honest. I told you, he's Uh, trading on that 2011 season. All right, 10 and 2. Yeah, the the defense being way worse this year is going to be good for him in fantasy and not much else. All right, let's hope. All right, and then hosting Dallas at at, uh, 10 and 2. I got to give it to them again just because it's at home. I think Dallas is a good team. I think they'll be. I uh, know a big push in the NFC this year, but like you said, it's really lucky that they get to host Seattle and Dallas and not the other way around. Yeah. So uh, then you guys go to Oakland and Arizona. I don't know about Arizona. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to beat Oakland. I think Oakland's going to be better this year than people expect, but that just means seven, eight wins, not four. Mm-hmm. Arizona, they're a good team. So who knows? But, uh, well, yeah, but it's also week 16. You know, who knows if Palmer's still, you know, healthy by then also. It, 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 there's a lot of who knows involved in that. Screw it. Let's give it to them just so that the game against Minnesota has some meaning and I can, you know, hurt the Vikings fan there. Well, but here's the thing. So even if you lose that game at 12 and 3, you might, as we said, you have the tiebreaker over Seattle and our Seattle fan has them going only 11 and 5. So you've clinched over them. You've clinched over the Cowboys unless the Cowboys are also – you know, at least eleven and three or twelve and three, excuse me, at that point. So I think that once you hit twelve and two, you might actually clinch the one seed even before the Arizona game. Okay, okay. At twelve and three, <laughs> at twelve and three, the Packers have clinched the one seed in the NFC, and Brett Hundley still leads them to victory <laughs> over the Vikings in Week Seventeen, when the Vikings desperately need that to make the playoffs. Yeah, that sounds like something that would happen. Hey, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you remember in two thousand three when Green Bay gave the uh, key to the city to Nate Poole? The Vikings started that season six and zero, 
So they were atop the division the entire season. In week 17, we were playing the Cardinals. Yes, I, I do rem- Okay, 2003, that was, of course, the season where Arizona, with a meaningless yeah, game, exactly. so, yeah, that was threw, the, cool. threw the touchdown with that stupid push-out rule that, thank God, yeah, it was exactly. there at the time, but thank God it's gone because that was the worst rule. Yeah, and he wouldn't have got a foot down anyway, so Dishman shouldn't have pushed him, but that's beside the point. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that is beside the point, and that was one of the worst yeah. rules the NFL's ever had. Well, you know, you guys, so you guys have really benefited from some of these bad rules for, for receivers because, of course, you know, that Des Bryant play in the playoffs last year – I think technically speaking, according to the rule, was the correct call. But according to you know what should be, it was obviously absurd because he caught the ball. He took several steps, and I, I've thought a lot about that. And I like Des Bryant. I'm not, I don't hate on him as much as a lot of people do. Warning: hot take approaching. That to me is just a stupid receiver not thinking about the uh, game. <laughs> Wait a second. He didn't. So you think he dropped it because he wasn't thinking? Like the ball hit the ground. I, I think. I think instead of securing the catch, like he really needed to do, given the situation, he decided to try to extend for another half a yard. Well, no, he was extending into the end that, zone. That's what he was doing. Out. Yeah, but that's a receiver not knowing the situation. And le- look, the rules are the rules, and the rule we all think it's a so-so rule. And but you agree it wasn't a reception as the rules go, and I'm just saying a good receiver needs to have the game awareness to know that he needs to come down with the ball, and that's much more important than reaching for the end zone. Yeah, I mean, look, I've heard Time's a lot of hot takes on this play. I haven't heard anybody blame Des yet for that, but um, that's well, a hot take. What, what about well, the Megatron play against the Bears in the end zone? Uh, what when the rule first came in? Yeah, did play? you blame him for that one also? Yeah. Uh, the rule was first into play. It's hard to blame him when no one knew what the rule was going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the, the other reason that the rule is stupid is because if he had broken the plane, then once the ball hits the ground, it doesn't matter. It's already a touchdown. You know, it, it's just it's a, it's a really stupid rule. And it, if you think about it, there was kind of justice in the NFC playoffs last year because the, the, the Cowboys didn't deserve to beat the Lions. And there was that ridiculous picked up flag that to this day has never been explained. And then the Packers possibly, you know, may not have beaten the, the Cowboys. If the Cowboys had. There was got, a lot of time left in that. Yeah, game, I know. I know. Way. I'm just making and a Green hypothetical Bay got a lot here. of first downs after that. Yeah, no, I know. I know. But I'm just saying. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. The Packers easily could have marched down the field. And oh, won the for game. sure. No, no question. Yeah. So, so like. Dallas had a lot of opportunities to get that ball again. It, let's not pretend that there was no time left on the yeah. clock. I mean, but that, pl- you that know, was still a massive- That's the other hot take on that. Dallas's defense could have done something. Instead, Green Bay got about four or five first downs. Yeah, but and also, by the way, you know, a lot, a lot of people make fun of the Cowboys, uh, you know, their coach, of course. But to go to go for it all on fourth and one like that, I think that was the right call. I think it was a ballsy call, and, and you know, it worked out ninety nine point nine percent of the way. But yeah, but if Des had a head on him. It worked. <laughs> Boy, we got a hot take here. All right, so there you have it. We have the Packers at thirteen and three, the most confident fan we've had yet this season. But you know, their their number one ranking deserves to have a lot of confidence. If you don't win the Super Bowl, do you consider the season a failure? Every season that Aaron Rodgers plays that they don't win a Super Bowl is one lost opportunity. Having said that, I watched a clip uh, earlier today of the Rodgers to Cobb pass to beat Chicago two seasons ago to go eight wins, seven losses, and a tie and win the division. That might be my favorite Packer memory. Wow. You know, what, what a good season is depends on the situation. 
if they stay healthy and they're entering week 15, week 16, looking like they're going to be the one seed, then yeah, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it'll be a disappointment. So if they go 15 and if one Rod- and lose to Eli at home again in the playoffs, disappointment. That's uh yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm pretty happy playing in that game. That was uh, not a great moment in Packer history. All right, let me ask you a question. Is Brett Favre your favorite athlete of all time? No. Who is? It's tough. I mean, Favre is up there. The thing about Favre, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a better person and a better quarterback. (laughs) But Favre just had something about him that made him one of the greatest of all time. It's that Joe Namath thing where he might not have been the indisputable best, but the fact that he won and how he won and who he was made him such an epic person. Yeah, I mean, he also won three epic, MVPs in a row during a, during an era he, when the he, league was stacked in the late nineties. He certain he, he certainly did. He was, and I mean, Brett Favre was magic. He was the type of magic that would. You know, he threw two interceptions to lose NFC championship games, one for your Vikings and one for my Packers. The last pass he ever threw for every team was an interception, right? Because also for the Jets, wasn't it, Akiva? Yes, against Miami in the last game of the year. Yeah, he's... uh, Well, but hold on. But, Stephen, the reason I asked this question is because I was going to ask, if Favre is still ahead of Rodgers in sort of your personal law rankings, what would it take for Rodgers to surpass him? Is it as simple as he wins a second Super Bowl or... I think for Rodgers to do that... He'll have to leave gracefully. And I think, he, you know, Rodgers to me is already ahead. But that's oh, wow. because Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers might go down as the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, well, we have, we have a, He's in that possible. running. I'm not saying he's yeah. there. We have a long way to go. But, but yeah, but he's he, – yeah. He's, got a he's long on that trajectory. Left. But obviously he's got to stay healthy and have but, an incredible – But Akiva, do you notice know Stephen is kind of like Elaine Bennett. And he started late, Stephen. So he's already he's already at a pretty big disadvantage. Yeah, his stats are a little skewed for the fact that he didn't have those uh, 23-year-old well, bloopers. Steve, that a lot Steve, Young, Steve Young didn't have that either. But I still have Steve Young in my top five all time. Yeah. But Akiva, I was saying uh, Stephen kind of reminds me of Elaine Bennett in that – if you're a bad breaker upper, uh, Stephen really judges you harshly on that. Yeah, Stephen does not want the bad breaker uppers. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm fine on Brett Favre. I got. I understand he wanted to keep playing. He just he could have done it better. I was thrilled when I was thrilled when the Packers were able to finally beat him in the 2010 season, and it's over now. He was such an important part of my childhood. I don't hold grudges against him. I just think Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And human Brett beings. Favre, <laughs> Brett Favre is one of the most fantastic, amazing personalities. Ever. By the way, for what it's worth on my all-time quarterback rankings, I have Favre at six and I have Aaron Rodgers at 11. Yeah, but I mean, 11 for Rodgers now is pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rodgers, yeah, considering the fact yeah, that he has hopefully another eight years to go or so. Rodgers isn't on the all-time le- yet, but – Meanwhile, he's two MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP. He just needs championships, and then he'll be in the discussion. Yep. All right. So, Stephen, thanks for joining us. We have finished our 32 fans in 32 days. We finished with the Green Bay Packers with Stephen Sherman. Stephen, you can be found on Twitter at the Data Knot. Is that correct? Yep. I'm a statistician, and always someone made a comment once that it's a shame that astronauts get that great. Uh, you know, suffix and people doing work in math don't. So there so you I go. Chose to take the data not. So, th- but you don't. But you're not a you're not a sports statistician. 
No, I I used to work for. Eh, let's give a plug to them anyway. I used to work for as the data scientist for an app called The Score, which I think is the best multi-sport app out there. So even though even though they're not paying you anymore. They, I do not work for them anymore. I'm going to give them a plug anyway. There we go. Uh, but uh, I used to work for them. I don't anymore. But no, I'm not a sports statistician. I, I do some sp- stuff in uh, my spare time for fun, but nothing professionally now. All right. Well, Stephen, thanks for joining us. And bad luck to your Packers this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, may your Vikings come so close to the playoffs and just have a nice week 17 loss to Brett Hundley's Packers. Actually, one last question for you. Who do you hate more, the the Vikings or the, or the Bears? The Bears. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh. Look, look, the Vikings were the bane of my existence in the 90s. But the Bears, to me, is the greatest rivalry in sports. So whether I truly hate them or just love the rivalry, I can't say. Uh, all I know is I'd way rather see the Bears lose than the Vikings lose. All right. Well, I don't, I don't mind seeing the Bears lose as well. So bad luck this year. It's but fun. thanks for joining us, Stephen. Enemy of it, your enemy is your friend. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and you know what? All three hey. of us don't care about the Lions at all. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for all having right, me. Take care. Akiva, so... Well, boy, I can't believe we did it. We did it. it. 32 fans in 32 days. Akiva, now that we finished our 32 fans in 32 days, here's a prediction you got almost exactly on the money. The overall record of the 32 fans was 306 and 205, and then a tie. So our fans are 101 games over 500. Wow. That's That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, but that's exactly a 60% uh, winning percentage, which is what your prediction was. Unbelievable. So yeah, that that was a very good guess. And, uh, you know, our fans of the top seven or eight teams were actually the most reasonable ones. Although, again, it's easier to be reasonable when your team is good. I thought they got much better. Not just reasonable. I thought the podcast got much better as they went on. Yeah, I think also we probably got a little bit better. I think that sure, the, of course. I think that the the Raiders going seven and nine. I don't see that happening. The Titans going nine and seven. I definitely don't see that happening. Yeah. The the Browns going nine and seven. There's yeah, there's, there's no world in which that team's winning nine games with with McCown and I mean who who even knows you know poor Jim Latronica and the Cleveland Browns fans. We're gonna keep track of that. We're gonna I think we're gonna give an award at the end of the season to the accurate fans versus the inaccurate fans. But 101 games over 500. That is collectively some great inaccuracy because of course that just can't happen, my friend. No. Nope. All right. So there we have it. 32 fans in 32 days done. And you want to go tell you want to run back to your wife, uh, introduce yourself to your kids, or or do you want to keep this podcast going and uh, look at week one? Let's just let's just keep talking. If we never stop talking, it's still going. Okay, Akiva. Before we get to the week one lines. Let's take a minute to talk about our season predictions. We've heard from all of the fans, but now I think it's time to hear from the hosts. So I've gone ahead and predicted every game of the season. I don't think you've done that. Is that right? No, I have not. But you you have sort of uh, laid out your playoff predictions? In my head, but I can tell you them, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I... <laughs> you mean the playoff predictions your mother laid out for me? <laughs> your mother laid out for you last night, yeah. Oh playoff predictions. Let's hear. What do you have to say? Right, so you want me to go division by division? Sure. Who do you have winning the NFC North? Well, no. See, you're <laughs> such a... Obviously, like any newspaper in the country should start with AFC East and work down. Are, are you saying <laughs> well, that they don't? You're such a homer. No, every, a- every newspaper starts with... A, a, like, if you look at a national newspaper, it starts with AFC East. No, I disagree. If you open up it, a USA it, Today. I don't know where. Start, it, go to stay in a hotel and get a USA Today tomorrow. It starts. Okay. It always goes east, center, west, which, by the way, there's no logical reason. If anything, we read left to yeah, right. But a become, be, it, comes before N. So the AFC is so always before so, the NFC. Okay. But, but why do we start on the east and not on the west? 
That's just a West. That's just an East Coast bias. 80, so look, I'm no, gonna, it's on the East Coast. People think that like it's fifty fifty. Eighty percent of the country lives on the East Coast, and only twenty percent live on the West Coast. <laughs> Those numbers are very faulty, but no, okay. no, it's true. It's true. It's true. No, first of all, that's a hundred percent. What happened? What, like, no, eighty percent of the country doesn't live on either coast. Actually, like you know, like I'm saying, Eastern time zone. No, that's also not true. I think, uh, I think the West is at most twenty percent. Well, oh, look, California by itself is ten percent of the country's population. Yeah. But again, you've 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 cut out the whole center, which is Illinois, Texas, Missouri. I mean, I mean it was, there's a lot of big states there. You know, the, the I, Eastern is probably the highest population. I would guess center is okay, next. Everyone who matters and, lives in the right side of the country. And Mountain is is dead. Look, uh, I'm not saying we should start with the West. I, I'll tell you the way that I always do it in all of my charts is I have the Vikings division first. Then east to west in the rest of their conference. Okay, and then east to west in the right. in the yeah. other conference. If you're reading the Minneapolis Tribune, <laughs> that makes sense. But if you're yeah. not, well, well, that's how I grew up reading it. So that's how I do it. So on my chart, I have NFC North. Okay, first. but AFC East has to come first. Open up USA to today tomorrow. Just look at one. Don't even buy it. Look at Where's one on the street <laughs> when you're walking to work. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm just going to concede to you. Fine, AFC. See, but I. <laughs> so the other interesting thing is, so in most sports, like for example, when I do baseball, I do. AL Central East West, and then I do NL East Central uh, West. But in football, because it's not actually like center East West, but because it's actually a clock, it's North South East West. Mm -hmm. So in that case, I think starting at the North is most logical. Like again, like a clock, you start at the top. So actually in football, I start in the AFC North as well. It's absurd. Um, Literally ridiculous. Why? When you start because the East is also first alphabetically. (laughs) That's directions aren't alphabetical. That's irrelevant. What when you? When you walk into a room, do you turn to the right and talk to the person right first? You talk to the person right in front of you. You you have to start somewhere. We're not starting with AFC North. (laughs) Fine. Let's start at 3 o'clock, which is the East. Okay, fine. So who do you have winning the East? Uh, I have the Patriots winning the East uh, and the Dolphins getting a wild card. Uh, You do have the Dolphins in a wild card. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have the Patriots. I have the Dolphins at 9 and 7, but out of the wild card. All right. So so now – now do we go north or now do yeah, we go south? Of course, it's east north. It's always east north southwest. That's how it goes. Okay, no, that's insane. So no. now you're going. No, that's completely out of order. So you're going first of all, it's alphabetical order. Second of all, but this is how everyone goes. So hold on. So when you play a card there's game, the, by the way, I'm just telling you, there's on. not one person agreeing with you right now, except some loser who grew up in like no, 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 no. Uh, the middle of the country. In the beginning part, where you said you go east to west, people agree with that. Now you are completely in the wrong. East north southwest makes no sense. That's how the standings go. First of all. Forget about USA Today. Which if you newspaper look on, are you reading? If you look on ESPN.com, that's how the standings go. Hold on. I'm going to ESPN.com that's right how now. all the standings. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's insane to me. Every standings ever. That's how it goes. Unless it's like, yeah, if you're reading like the Tampa Bay Tribune, then maybe. So, okay. So, Akiva, let me ask a question. So, when you play a board game or a card game, you go first. After you, the way you think it should be is the guy to your right, then the guy to your left, then the guy across from you. Like, for, for certain, you have to go in a circle one way or the other. See, baseball starts with the American League East, then Central, then Yeah, I, I told you. I, I agree with you about that. I said, but football's different. Anyways. It's not um, different. It's, it's actually the exact same. Well, but it's not actually because your argument for football is alphabetical, but your argument for baseball is geographical. Because if it was alphabetical, then the central division would go first and then the east. And you're saying that it should go east to west. <laughs> Ooh, look at this. ESPN.com. AFC East, North, I know, I'm, South, I'm on west. ESPN.com. Yeah, I like an uh, apology, but, please. No, but that makes no sense. doesn't so matter. ESPN, That's how it is. ESPN's I, wrong about a lot of things. How, they, also, they, also nixed, they also nixed that great You never looked at standings in your life before today? Like, I don't understand. This is how every standings, you know, looks uh, in the I mean, my, my default is I usually look at, like, the league as a whole because I don't really care about divisions. The football divisions actually matter, but in basketball, they don't. And All right, fine. So we're, I'm sure uh, NFL.com ba- has the same thing. In baseball, the only thing I've been looking at is the wild card standings. So, yeah, uh, so I, I just look at the divisional standings. I'm not sure why there's a dichotomy there, but... <laughs>
Wait, so now we have to go to the AFC North and then we're going to go to the South? Yeah, I can't, this is, like, so this is like taking, teaching a child about the NFL, yes. <laughs> NFL.com has the exact same thing. AFC East, North, South, West. NFC East, North, South, West. All right, okay. Anyways, fine. So AFC North. Jeez. Oh, my God. Um, AFC North. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say Ravens won and the Steelers uh, miss the playoffs and the Bengals go like 7-9 and nine and miss the playoffs. Okay, so you only have the Ravens from that division. Okay, so now we go south, and the South, like the Colts, by a, you know a million games, and the Texans at like eight and eight or nine and seven, eight and eight, but miss the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, and then we go out west. Uh, I say the Broncos miss the playoffs. Whoa! Hot yeah, I'm going to say the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs. Drew Magary had McGarry had them at, at a five and eleven in today's preview. Wow! But, yeah, but he also know, um, oh he wrote that the AFC is terrible, which is absurd. Yeah, but the, in terms of his predictions, that was the only one that was really off. I, I did so. Okay, I'm going to say, but yeah, but they're going. I'm going to say they're going to go nine and seven and miss the playoffs because Peyton gets hurt. Okay. And I'm going to say the Chargers and the Chiefs make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. So that that's a that's a strong take there you have in the West that you saved it for last. I guess that's why you have. So the Patriots, well, Dolphins, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts. Yeah. And um, yeah. and so, Ravens. The, so yeah. By the way, I still think my way makes more sense because it's 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 clockwise. You start at the top. I have twelve. Cares. North, There's not one east, person who like everyone's just shutting it off when you start. They're fast forwarding when you say that. Uh, what I'm at, what I actually want to know is I want to go to like the Minneapolis papers. I know that they start with the Vikings division first. And then do they, they go start, back to the know. east like human beings, or do you mean that they go like southwest, northeast? No, 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 no. They go east because they go alphabetically. I mean, they go. Now you're confusing me. <laughs> they go clockwise, which makes sense. Oh my god! Or counterclockwise. But to go from the north to the south makes no sense. It's so dumb. Um, it's not just Minnesota. I'm sure it's Chicago and Texas, and you know everyone yeah. in the middle of the country. Everyone that everyone that really matters. Where all the yeah. media is centered. Okay, so yeah, so I have I have Cincinnati making a wild card, which you do not. I have Denver obviously making the playoffs, which you do not. And I have I think other than that we agree. I have Baltimore and Cincinnati, New England, Indianapolis, Denver, and San Diego. Yeah. Oh, you have Miami in the playoffs. And I have Cincy. Okay, so swap Miami and Cincy, and then swap Denver and Kansas City. Those are our two changes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you love Alex Smith. You uh, root for Peyton Manning's demise, and I guess that I don't explains. love Alex Smith, but I just think if the Broncos miss, you know, either. But you do like him a lot, and, 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 okay. and you also love Ryan Tannehill, so you have both of them in the playoffs. Love I have Ryan both Tannehill. of them out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so now uh, before we go to the NFC, let's talk about the AFC playoff race. What's okay, fine. Happen? So I'll say the Patriots are the one seed, and the two seed is the Colts. So the Ravens are three, and they play the Chiefs, okay, and they beat them, okay. And then the four seed is the Chargers, and they lose to the Dolphins. Oh, you have Miami in the second round. So then Miami yes. goes to New England. Then Miami goes to New England and beats them. Whoa! Yeah. Wow, you are in love with Tannehill. Miami goes to New England and and wins. Okay, what happens with Baltimore and Indy? Uh, Baltimore wins. So you have the Dolphins at the Ravens. Yeah, and now I'm AFC thinking. I'm really thinking about who's going to win this game. To be honest. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say right now the Dolphins beat the Ravens. I'm being totally serious here. Yeah, you you honestly legitimately think the Dolphins are going to go to the Super Bowl? Do- the Dolphins beat the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. The Dolphins are your most hated team, I thought. Yeah, oh, I, I will be I will not watch any of these games. Like I'll be vomiting. The Dolphins oh. in the Super Bowl. In well, the that Super Bowl. Is, you know, I made fun I made fun of our Steelers fan who had the Lions in the Super Bowl. But uh Dolphins. I think that's even a hotter take. Well, they just All have right. so many good receivers. They have like legitimate running game. Wait, excuse me. They have no good receivers. Well, they Kenny have so many Steals like B plus. No, he's not good. But but who is? Well, I really think that Jarvis Landry is going to have a big year. He's okay as a slot receiver. He's not like a game breaker. He's not a game breaker. And then they have the two. nine yards of carry. He averaged nine yards. Yeah, he did have the sh- uh, uh, the least yards per pass. Yeah. 
He's in the entire NFL. Percy Harvin. And then, and then, I mean, Greg Jennings is and dead. Oh, we Parker that. might be good Parker's too. Parker's a. Yeah, he's an inju- he's an injured rookie right now, so you know, let's hold that hope on that one. Um, all right, so I have in the AFC, I have things. Oh, we quite hear your picks also. <laughs> I have uh, Cincinnati losing in the first round, as per usual, to New England, who I have as the three seed. I have San Diego losing to Baltimore, who I have as the four seed, and I have the buys going to Indy and Denver. And then in the next round, I have Indy beating Baltimore at home, and I have Denver beating New England. But a part of that is just hope because, uh, you know, I, I hate the Patriots and, and, and I love Peyton Manning. And then I have Denver going to Indianapolis where I have, uh, you know, making up for the last couple of years where they where Tom, where uh, Peyton Manning has not been able to win an Indy. This time he will. And I have the Broncos back in the Super Bowl. Okay. You have the Broncos out of the playoffs mm-hmm. and I have them in the Super Bowl. You I have Miami out of the playoffs. Yeah, but you, you also like if you were predicting Manning's injury, you'd also have them out of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, I would not. Uh, yes. If, if Peyton Manning gets injured, the Broncos do not go to the Super Bowl. Okay, now let's go to the NFC. Can we start in my division now, or we still have to start in the East for some silly reason? No, of course we're starting in the East. This is America. <laughs> Wait a second. I thought that you get the AFC, I get the NFC. You're not yeah, you could start with the AFC, and did, with the NFC East, you just have to start with the East. Did you used to get a not a good share on your elementary school report cards? Well, if there was a teacher who tried to make up rules, then I'd probably be annoyed about it. I know, like like going in a cl- clockwise circle. That's so I'd weird. I come home and I say, uh, "Mom, the teacher is like a huge liar who like thinks that the country okay, starts right. from the okay. center and works outwards." Okay, so that's the I, again. I agree with you that starting in the east makes more sense than starting in the center. However, going by the division names, it's north, south, east, west. Those are the names of the divisions. So north, you know, always comes before east. Yeah, but except in the alphabet, the only thing that matters. What that's. Insane. That, no, it's no not. The, as I said, what about in baseball? The, Alphabet. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, so how, well, let me ask you a question. When you sit the NHL, before, no, the NHL. I'm not even listening. Yeah. Before, before the season starts, when they show you the standings, but everybody's zero and zero, how do they list the teams? That's complete. But in, in alphabetical order. Geographically, but when they, you talk you about geography... But when the geography talking, is just a word. It could say Campbell and Wales, like the NHL so, used so to. When you're talk, so when you're talking about... Well, but you're, all you care about is the word, Campbell... <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So when you're talking about like the countries in North America, do you say Canada, then Mexico, then the United States? You have to go alphabetically. No, because one is like, that's insane. You say the one that's the champion first, and then you go to Canada and Mexico. <laughs> and which one do you first? Canada I'm saying Mexico. that's the home team. You know, like if you're in Canada, you say Canada, then Mexico, then the United States, maybe. But okay, you know, so for example, you know, um, and I was a big geography nerd as a child, um, and perhaps still, it sounds like. Yeah, well, hold on. Uh, you know, it's time to uh, get on my high horse here and brag about my youth. I was in the uh, National Geography Bee as a youth. Oh, no, this isn't bragging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not to the ladies it wasn't. This is the opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow that did not impress the ladies in eighth grade. Uh, but no, but, uh, but I'm sure you remember like, you know, like, so for example, to remember the, the five states in the middle of the country, it's Mimal, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. But Why would you, you have to remember that if you were from Minnesota? I mean, no, just to rem- like just that's not a Minnesota thing. That's just like you know. I'm sure if I Google Mimal, yeah, but those should like, be the last five states you're forgetting. The states well, you why, should be forgetting are like Wyoming, South Dakota. Wait, why would I remember? Arkansas. Why would you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like close it's enough 3, to Minnesota. Miles, no, it's three thousand miles away. It's just directly south. Oh, can we go to the NFC, please? Hold on, I'm actually googling Mimal now. Oh, we came, we came so close Wikipedia. to getting through these podcasts. Hold on, like, still being married Mimal. now. Google Mimal. Mimal no. is a geographical acronym for five states in the United States. Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. No, thanks. The term is used to reference... All right. Okay. Anyway, so the, the point of the Mimal thing... NFC, is that according to, according to you, it would be... A-la-la-la-mama. It would be Arkansas, Iowa. Because you don't do things in there you know, how they look visually. You do things on... All right. Anyways. Okay. okay so NFC East. Fine. Yeah. 
NFC East. Are you picking first? I thought you got wanted to pick first this division. No, I wanted to go in my preferred. Okay, fine. I have the the Eagles winning the division at ten and six. I have the Giants making a wild card at ten and six, mm-hmm. losing a tiebreaker because the Eagles uh, have a greater scoring differential in deference to uh, oh gosh, Shamir because they're going to score five hundred points. Shamir told oh, yeah, me that. That's true. Yeah, and uh, and then I have the Cowboys making the third wild card at nine and seven. Wow, three teams at NFC East. That's like a true homer. Right, so you want me to do the NFC East? I'll true say, homer i'm from minnesota i'm saying but like you know that's like what everyone would say like oh yeah the nfc's gets three you know too bad there aren't four spots for the nfc yeah, the nfc so is a garbage division but um it's just sort of how well I it just has schedule. washington in it now that's garbage look i have the cowboys at nine and seven oh, making the, it in a the redskins breaker. the redskins have the first pick in the in the draft you think no i have them at five and eleven okay. i think they'll be okay I yeah have cousins is competent he's not good but i have he, san francisco and oakland at two he could throw them into a couple you know wins um so yeah i just have Philly winning division none of those teams making them all right so now we go to the north where i have the packers winning the division and the Vikings at nine and seven losing a tie a three-way tiebreaker with the Cardinals and the Cowboys and missing the playoffs yeah so I'm gonna say the Vikings go in like nine and seven but make the playoffs and a tiebreaker uh, along with the Packers obviously winning the division by the way I'm just pointing out that you had them as the 11th best team in the NFC when we started this podcast yeah but, you but uh, me you've, you've learned a few things yeah all right okay so now we go to the south oh don't worry they're gonna I, lose by 40 in the playoffs yeah. I don't think the Vikings are good but we go to the south uh I have New Orleans winning the division at eight and eight I want to say also the Lions and the Bears are not going to be good. Yeah, well, I have the Lions at 7 and 9. Yeah, they'll be terrible. fine, but don't expect yeah. anything from them. The Bears might really be terrible. Yeah, I'm Actually, the Bears one. could be... Yeah, I'm going to say the Bears are 7 and 9. They're not going to be terrible. Okay. South. By the way, people are much higher in Atlanta than we were. Yeah, I'm going to say like all these teams are bad, so the Bucks aren't going to win the division. Let's say they'll be like 6 and 10. That's what I have them at. Um, the Saints, I just don't see with the defense. Also, like six and ten, seven and nine. The Panthers just have like historically bad receivers, like as bad as the Seahawks had in the Super Bowl last, last year. year's receivers were so bad, and somehow they're even worse. They're way year. worse. They had one really good receiver, and he's like, yeah. I mean, literally, if they cut their entire receiving core, I'm not sure if any of those guys get signed, except for maybe that Brown guy. Like they literally would all be out of the league for forever if they got cut yeah. today. Yeah, um, it's possible. So I'll say the, the Panthers are about six and ten. So I'll give the Falcons the division at eight and eight. Because right, I think their coach might be really That's good, fine. Quinn. So now we go to the West, where I have Seattle at twelve and four, winning the division and the two seed. And I have Arizona at nine and seven, uh, missing the playoffs, as I said, along with the Vikings at nine and seven, because Dallas takes that last one. I have Arizona and the Vikings at six and six in the conference, and Dallas at seven and five in the conference. Well, I didn't do all these tiebreakers. So I have <laughs> the Seahawks winning division at not nothing special, maybe 10 and six, 11 and five. Actually, no, scratch it. I'm going to have the Cardinals win the division, and Whoa. the Seahawks get the wild card. Wow. Uh, the, remember, the Cardinals were unbeatable last year with Carson Palmer. So you, you ignore the previous three seasons of Carson Palmer's career, and you look at six games. Well, they don't need a lot from him. They just need him to be on the field and not be like those garbage people that they're bringing in. Uh, he, he also had his career year in those six games and they still barely won. And there was a couple of extraordinarily. Well, all right, that's fine. We've had this conversation already. Yeah, And they have a very good receiving core, I think. I mean, they have three OK receivers. They have no well, special. There's a lot of teams that we're discussing that have no, you know, we yeah. talked at Seattle and Carolina who have no OK receivers, basically. Yeah. Um, so then, and the Rams, I think, are pretty, pretty good. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs, but I'm not going to predict three playoff teams. They're, then their schedule's so hard. I have them yeah. at six and ten, and I don't think that they're. Worse I think than they'll be eight year. and eight, uh, which is classic Jeff Fisher. But um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they beat you know the Vikings out. Obviously, it wouldn't shock me if the Cowboys or the Giants also beat the Vikings out. But I'm going to stick with those six teams. Okay. So now you have you have the Vikings traveling where in the first round? So I'm going to say Packers one, Cardinals two. Eagles three, Falcons four, Seahawks five, and so Vikings travel to Philadelphia, and, and yeah, Seattle so travels. Philly beats Philly beats Minnesota, and, and then Atlanta uh, loses Seattle. to Seattle. 
Yeah, and again, remember, we've always said that in, in that game, the the crappier fourth seed that wins eight games and yeah. wins the division always ends up winning that game. Yeah, but Seattle match, wins but, a close game there. That's my prediction. Yeah. And then Philly okay. goes to, who did I say, Arizona. the two seed? Philly goes to Arizona, Arizona and loses. And Seattle goes to Green Bay and loses. And then Green Bay beats Philly. And then no, Green Bay beats Arizona. Green Bay, sorry, uh, Green Bay plays Arizona. I kind of want to pick Arizona, but that would be insane to predict an Arizona Miami <laughs> Super Bowl. Oh my god, that'd be ridiculous. Um, All right, yeah, but I'm going to do it. Arizona beats Green Bay. Arizona wow. Miami Super Bowl. Wow, Arizona. Well, you're certainly uh, you know staking yourself out there. Yeah, I I am not because I I'm going all chalk. I have. Uh, as I said, I have Dallas as the sixth seed. I have them losing to Philadelphia in the first round. I have the Giants going on the road and beating New Orleans. Then I have the Giants losing at Green Bay. I have Philly losing at Seattle. And then I have Seattle losing at Green Bay. So I have Green Bay against Denver in the Super Bowl. Oh, well, look at you Pack- going out on five limbs there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. Okay, and I'll say uh, Dolphins um, 24, Cardinals 20. Dolphins win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, that would, that would make you very unhappy. You know, we've taught, we've done this for so long. I feel like we've like made ourselves completely insane. Yeah, because yeah, you had the Dolphins nineteen in your preseason power rankings, and Arizona eleven. So I feel like you need to redo those rankings a little bit. I, I basically stuck to my rankings, although actually I had the Giants in nineteen and I have them in ten and six. So that's a little bit different. But all right, so we have certainly uh, given everyone our opinions. Now we're on the record. Uh, one of us will look. Well, I guess you will look incredibly wise if it happens. You know, this will get tweeted out like a thousand times. Like th- this will go viral. Somebody will tweet a link to this podcast. Like, hold on a second. This guy actually predicted Cardinals Dolphins before the season started. I, I will become uh, moderately infamous for 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So now I, now I get the whole Skip Bayless thing because I'm being sincere. Like I, I do think that this is the Super Bowl I'm predicting because I, yeah. I just I've been so go, getting further down and down on Green Bay and Seattle uh, and the Patriots could do it. There's no, you know, in my heart of hearts, if I had to bet like all my life savings, I'd predict the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. But in that one game, I had Miami beat them. And what am I going to do? Okay, that's fine. All right. So now let's uh, jump to those week one lines. Now, Akiva, uh, correct me, neither one of us, not only have neither one of us looked at the lines yet, but neither one of us have made our predictions ahead of time, right? We're going to be making these uh, predictions on the spot. Yeah, we've really been avoiding these lines like the plague. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the lesson that, that Bill Simmons and Cousins have taught is that when you don't make the picks ahead of time, when you do them on the spot as you're recording the podcast, you do much worse. But, you know, let's go through these and let's see how we do. Let's do it. All right, you go first. Okay, Pittsburgh at New England. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, this probably changed a lot since Brady's coming well, back. We're, I'm gonna we're, say we're going by the current lines. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Patriots by four and a half. Four and a half? What? Yeah. Well, I, I have Patriots by seven and a half. Wow. I mean, I, I figure that... I guess no Le'Veon Bell. First of all, again, the Super Bowl team has always wins at home, and especially with, with everything going on in New England. I mean, there's no way they're going to lose this game. You know, I'll give you a little clue of how I do this. The way I always do it, and I really put a lot of thought into this portion of it, even though most people do not, is – you know, they say that it's a it's a it's a three point swing for home field advantage generally. So I always subtract six and say if the game was the other way, what would it be? So for example, if New England was playing at Pittsburgh, I think the Pats would be about a one and a half point favorite, which is why I have them at seven and a half at home. I'm not saying that always works. You know, Bill Simmons uh, at least last year certainly beat me in, in guessing the spreads. But so I have it at seven and a half. You have it at four and a half. And let's see, the line is New England seven. Uh, nice. I'm up to a one, one to nothing lead. So you would pick Pittsburgh with the line of seven there? I would probably stay away from most games week one. But uh, yeah, with seven points, I'd probably pick Pittsburgh. Because yeah, um, yeah, I was definitely going to bang New England there. And actually, you know, usually they say that 
week one or even the first three weeks is really a good chance to bet because it's before Vegas really has a handle on these teams. And if you have a hunch about a couple of them, you can do pretty well. But you're avoiding it in week one. All right, so now we're going to go Green Bay at Chicago. Akiva, what do you have there? Green Bay at Chicago. I'm going to say Packers by seven and a half. Oh, so we reversed. I had four and a half for this one. Green Bay at Chicago. The line is seven. Uh, so you win this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just I think everyone's down on the Bears, and I guess Vegas is in that zone. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, it's a divisional rivalry, but yeah, I, th- I think I was way off there. All right. So, so now we're tied at one. And now the third game on our schedule is Kansas City at Houston. Yeah. I'll go first. Uh, Houston by four. All right. I'm going to say Houston by three. I think these are both teams that are about 500 in the AFC, pretty close. Houston by one. Wow. Wow. I mean, I guess, remember, Casey was really good last year to, until a certain point. Um, Houston was also, though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's a lot of people, you know, the stats people think there's a lot of regression for Houston. So, All right, so, but I win that one. Boy, one, that's pretty low. All right, keep going. next thing we have, Cleveland at your beloved New York Jets. Uh, three and a half Jets. All right, I'm going to say four and a half for the Jets. You have three and a half. It's three. So people think that Cleveland and the Jets are the same team. Yeah, the Jets aren't good. It's two garbage teams. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit higher on the Jets than people, I guess. I, th- I think they're definitely going to win seven games this year. No, I, not definitely, okay. but... Cleveland could win seven games, too. Next one we have is Indianapolis at Buffalo. Colts by seven. I have six. I'm going to go with six. And it's three. Wow, people are really what? buying the bills. Yeah, people like the Rex Ryan in his first game stuff, I guess. Boy, three? Absurd. Totally absurd. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we're a little bit high on the Colts. You, you said the Colts stink, other than uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, but they're playing the Bills. All right. Well, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Well, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it's funny because nobody has it's a little bit of a nobody mismatch. Has any idea what to expect there? No, and we've been big Taylor fans the whole this whole podcast. Yeah, well, you have. I've just been along for that ride. All right. Yes. Now we have a uh, you know just a real clusterfuck in Washington, and they are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins by six. Wow. Six on the road? Boy, you really don't respect Washington. Washington's bad. Yeah, I guess that's too high, but All right. that's the spread. I yeah, I, I was going to say Dolphins by two and a half. It's Dolphins by four. So, okay. oh, I win that one just barely. So you're white, but Washington's got to show us something week one. Right now, they're a train wreck. Next, we have a uh, a rematch of the, the 290s expansion teams. Carolina at Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, Panthers by four. So you have Panthers by four. I'm going to say Panthers by two and a half. I think that Jacksonville might be able to do something this year, at least at home. And I don't buy Carolina just yet. They don't have any receivers. Oh, I don't like Carolina either. This is an anti-Jacksonville pick. But some people think Bortles might be competent. That's sort of the rumblings coming out of Jacksonville. All right. So I said two and a half, and it is three and a half. So you get this one. The Panthers announced their starting wide receivers today. You know who they are? Corey Brown and Ted Ginn. Oh, boy. Long season. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really bad. Cor- Sorry to Jericho Cotri. Couldn't even get a starting spot. Funches. What happened to Funches? All right. yeah, it, some people think he's a tight end. Yeah. Seattle at St. Louis. And we've heard both our Seattle and our St. Louis fans think that the Rams are actually going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to say Seattle five and a half. Okay, you say five and a half. I said five. The line is Seattle by four. Uh, so I win that one. And then we have New Orleans going to Arizona. Cardinals by three and a half. All right, I said four here as well. It's two and a half. Wow. Vegas thinks that New Orleans is better. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Yeah, that, that, that is not correct. I'm sorry. You know, people know the Saints are bad, but it's still scary to bet against them. Yeah, but that's that's a silly pick. Especially, I mean, last year they were okay on the road, but they haven't been okay on the road usually. Um, yep. That, 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 that pick doesn't make any sense. All right. Then we have Detroit at San Diego. Hmm. Chargers by four and a half. Oh, wow. I, I said three, and it is three. I thought these are two teams that are about the same. 
You know, they're not yeah. really rivals. Heated rivalry between Detroit and San Diego. Come on. Yeah. All right. Tennessee at Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh, Vegas uh, has no line, not enough interest. <laughs> well, uh, you got the two rookie we, quarterbacks. Yeah, Tampa Bay by three at home, no question. Yeah, I took three Unless as well. Unless they just want to make it a pick them. No, I, I said three as well, and it is three. Oh, that's yeah. our first tie, or as Cousin Sal calls it, a, a win for both. <laughs> win for both? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Sal. And that's the way he counts it. Um, all right, now we have Cincy at Oakland. Yeah, uh, Cincy five and a half. Five and a half, you say. Um, I yes. said four and a half, and the line is... Three and a half. People wow. buy Oakland a little bit early. Respect for the Raiders. No respect for me. Yeah, they have they have not earned that. Every respect. single good team is visiting a bad team. It's such a hard survivor week. Yeah, it is. It's it's going to be interesting. All right, then we have Baltimore at Denver. Denver by five. All right, so we're going to tie this one, which means we both win it again. Because I said Denver by four, and it's four and a half. All right, we're actually been pretty decent. We're in the ballpark here. Yeah, I'll we'll see. I'll kind of afterwards how many games off we are. That's another thing I keep track of. Cousin Sale is always the most games off. He doesn't know what he's doing usually. All right, and then uh, we finish off the Sunday games with the Sunday nighter. The Giants at Dallas. Dallas by six. Oh, you got that one exactly. Wow. Yeah, and, and I, and I swore. I think seven was too much, but three and four are too little. So I said four because I thought, you know, look, the, the Giants have done pretty well against the Cowboys. I think there's a lot of bad juju with the Giants with the JPP thing. They're just it, a lot of this. I could tell is like their preseason momentum can get you a point or two in either direction. It sounds like, and the Giants have no momentum preseason because Eli's look terrible, and their best defensive player is missing an undisclosed number of fingers. Yeah, well, I thought they he finally let them look now though. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know how many fingers he's missing today. I think he let them take a peek, but then he flew. He went right back home, so I'm not even sure if they saw it. All right, so uh, after the Sunday games, I am winning nine to seven. Which means that you need to get both of these Monday nighters well, in order. Yeah, it was nice that you made each Monday night game worth three. I appreciate. Uh, okay, all right. So Philly at Atlanta. Uh, wacky. Say Philly by two and a half. Oh, I said that also. So we tie, which means I clinched the week. What was the right? What was what was the uh, correct answer? It's three. Them? No, uh, Philly by three. So yeah, we're okay. both only half a game off. That's pretty. It's good. a good spread. All right. So I clinched week one. I'm up ten to eight. It's really not hard when it's good team at bad team. It's really in a small range usually. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one more of those. Vikings at San Francisco. Well, although you no think it, you think it's bad team at bad team, of course, but no, no, no it's a fine. It's uh, I'm going to say Vikings by five at San Francisco. <laughs> oh, wait, who's the Vikings homer? I had Vikings by one and a half. Yeah, but the Niners are horrendous. Jim Tumsul is a joke. Yeah, but again, I w- what's the spread? It's uh, it's Vikings by two and a half. So I actually get that one. I mean, so again, you have five, which means you think if, if you think if it was in Minnesota, they'd be favored by eleven. And I, no, I yeah I, that yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, to, I just don't think home field matters much, especially Minnesota's like one year ridiculous field. Yeah, I just you know I would like to see the Vikings do something before they they're you know getting getting that much respect on the road. This is a team that has struggled on the road a lot, you know, the last few years. Although they've struggled in general with their terrible quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have week one in the books. So I take that one 11 to 8, and I will also compare us to Sal and Bill because they did tweet out their results. And I, I have that chart that I've been having going for a number of years, so I'll keep that going. So Akiva, even though I beat you head-to-head this week 11 to 8, and cumulatively, my, my guesses were 19.5 points off. Yours were 22.5 points off. We both did better than Bill and Sal this week. Sal was 23 points off, uh, a little worse than you, and Bill was 26 points off, so he did the worst of all. 
But somehow the way it works out, uh, when we go head to head to head to head, all four of us, because, you know, of tiebreakers and things like that, you actually win the week with seven victories and me, Bill and Sal all have six victories. So I'm beating you one to nothing. But in the four way, you're ahead of the three of us this week. That's very exciting. So congratulations. Yeah. So we're going to keep track of it over the season, or at least as long as we do this. And I have a one nothing lead on you, but you're leading uh, the, the whole pack. I will speak to you next week, perhaps. Uh, maybe. All right. Well, who knows what's going to happen? That's true. Well, <laughs> enjoy week one of the NFL. And to everyone who has been listening and has lasted all the way this long, we're glad you stayed with us. If you've lasted all the way this long, I love you. Yeah. I actually love you. I love you, my wife. I love my two sons. I'll go see you guys again. Well, maybe for a few hours tomorrow on Saturday. But then Sunday, it's all about football, baby. So enjoy football, everyone. Have a good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply